Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work. Today, we're not talking about work too much, but we're talking about conflict, which can happen at work. But we're going to specifically talk about ways you can resolve conflict or have effective conflict or effectively communicate through disagreements between you and your close loved ones or your spouse. And of course, on our every Tuesday show, I have my incredibly lovely and unbelievably incredible spouse. I, I think I have another word. I know. You like the word incredible. Ivan, Ivan is Ivan the incredible. Well, you're <laughs> unbelievable. How about that? You're just unbelievable. Oh, I'm pretty believable. You, no, you're <laughs> unbelievable. And, and it's hard to believe we've known each other 33 years. Ooh, that's a long time. We were like four when we met, so yeah. it was really good. There okay, you go. all right, all right. So today we're going to talk about conflict. But before, I want to read the scripture from Philippians two, three, and four. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, in humility. Wait a minute. In humility, consider others better than yourself. When was the last time you approached conflict like that? In humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but the interest of others. Wow. I would say if we had that approach in marriage, there wouldn't be much conflict, would there? Mm, that's a good good way to look at it. So, you know, in humility, consider others better than yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And don't look only to your, only to your own interests, but the interests of others. Ivan said it was just a nice try, but almost a swing and a miss by me calling you unbelievable because I called him incredible. <laughs> Ivan, you can't do that to me when I'm talking. Now. You totally, totally messed me up. He's getting in on the conversation. Yes, he is. He is. No, the age. Oh, 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 what are you saying? Oh, okay. All right. So those of you that are regular listeners, you'll notice that my voice is changing. I'm going through reverse puberty and my voice is getting higher. Or it's my spring voice. That's what it is. A little uh, bit too these... much pollen in the air. Yes, ah, uh, the lovely Florida, the pollen, when it comes down like snow in Minnesota, but it comes down yellow, not like yellow snow, but yellow pollen in the air, coating our cars and our throats and our furniture when we leave the windows open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we should have background little birds chirping. and Crickets. Little, what about crickets? We, we got crickets. <laughs> we got crickets. You know, just think about those warm summer evenings by the lake and... There's, we're, we're suffering here. There and they are. Oh. And during the night, all the... Good job. During the night, all the dew is settling and the crickets are chirping and, and the pollen is just lacing your lungs with allergens. That <laughs> just feels so good. That's what it is. That's Trying what it is. to get one breath of oxygen. In all there. right. So so why are we talking about conflict? Why, why, why do couples fight? Martha, what do you think? Why do couples fight? Hmm. Lots of reasons. Well, why do we fight? Let's just answer that question. Why do we fight? Mm. Um, probably, if I were to summarize it, it has to do with just having a differing of opinion on something that probably doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, the reason we have arguments is we talk about serious things after 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I get cranky. <laughs> I just get tired. And my ability to filter and be reasonable and loving at all times somehow diminishes after 9 like a sundown syndrome. It's like something. it's like the Cinderella's coach leaving at midnight. My coach leaves at nine. <laughs> I don't know, what it is. but Cinderella probably didn't get up at six o'clock in the morning. Well, she probably did. I know yeah, she's not she real, did. so that's really there pointless. All right, so we argue because we're tired. Sometimes we argue. Do we ever argue anymore because I'm hungry? Um, I don't know. You tell me. I don't think so. Maybe I don't know. But we, we and when we when we fight, but that's or not argue, why we argue. Okay, I mean, we argue just... because we we see things differently. You you look at things from a weird point of view. I do. <laughs> it's not wrong. It's just different. That is exactly right. It's, to quote Emerson Egrich. <laughs> yes. Ooh, the love and respect quote. Getting thrown a throwdown this early in the show. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we fight because we see things differently. We fight uh-huh. because we just have different different opinions. Because we're just two people. And we're, we're two people, and we were raised by two sets of different parents. Yes. Your parents and my parents. That's right. And so we look at things differently. Um, we also... Yes, you always look at life through a glass half full. That is my tendency. Yes, yes it is. Yes. We, but we also determine... And, and by the way, this is a review of a conversation we had on our this year's Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage, mm-hmm. which we, which was that first week in February. And just so you know, start marking your calendars now. Early, late January, early February, we're going to do another... Of 2016, we're going to do another Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage, the third annual one. And it's going to be limited to only 20 couples. And this is the kind of stuff we talk about, probably a little more energetic, but I have more voice a month ago. There you go. So they can't really mark their calendars because we don't have a date yet. But they start saving money now. There you go. 100 bucks a month saves you. You can get away with your sweetie for an entire weekend from Thursday to Monday. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Yep. On an incredible ship Hopefully. with great food, mm-hmm. great entertainment. 
And good learning. And fantastic uh, marriage retreat material. Yep. And a day on Cozumel. And good quality time with your spouse. Yes, uninterrupted. There you go. No children, no cell phone, no internet. It's fantastic. And no dishes. Oh, no cooking, no cleaning, no dishes. No. Unbelievable. And a towel animal on your pillow every night. I want to go back. I want to go back. I okay, go back. so enough dreaming about next year. Wow. Okay, but so yes, conflict. this is a review of some right. of the things we talked about in one of our sessions. All right, so we, and I was leading down that way, and I distracted myself. All right, so couples fight because they're different. We also fight sometimes because we are prideful. We try to well, make maybe a, you do. We try to make a point, and we're sure that our point is the best point. <laughs> so well, I know what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I was going to say on the cruise, we realized that you have a tendency to defend everybody, and it causes us to have conflict. There you go. You we really ex- want to talk about that on the air. <laughs> so when Jim Brangenberg gets in one of those moods where he just says, can you believe this? Can you believe that X, Y, Z is... Not only can you believe, you go, why do they do that? Why do they do that? You ask me the question, so I figure it needs an answer. And so, so I would I say, you know, up- why does the person, like on our way to the studio today, this guy in his black VW Golf, a four-door, now it might have been a Jetta. Who would have been a four-door Jetta? Uh, he was riding his brake the entire 16 miles from the beach to the studio, and he, and he kept getting in front of me, hitting his brakes. No reason. Just let off the gas pedal. You don't have to use your brakes so much. Okay, so interjects Martha here. So I said, why is the guy riding his brake all the time? He's driving me crazy. There might be a reason. Yeah, so Martha automatically goes to defense of this complete stranger in the Volkswagen Golf or Jetta, whatever it was. Well, he couldn't defend himself because he didn't know you were upset But did you know that you don't have to defend him? Every once in a while, you could just jump on my side and go, you're right, that's ridiculous. I can't believe he's doing that. But God in his different God in his infinite humor put me in touch with a woman who really wants to defend the world. And sometimes I do soapbox. I don't know if you're a regular listener. They know that they already know that. They already they already know that I soapbox. Okay, so (laughs) conflict. All right, so where do people learn how to fight? Where do people learn how to have arguments? From their upbringing. From their upbringing. Some some of them. Uh, some, <laughs> would you stop that, Ivan? Uh, some of them learn it from their parents. Mm-hmm. Some of them learn it from their divorced parents. Some of them learn it from their siblings if they're a lot older. Uh, they learn from family members, but we learn typically from the people we hang out with. Or from TV. You, well, yeah, if we, could, can, if we can... could learn to argue like the Huxtables, we would never raise our voices. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome if you just had a perfect dialogue already all scripted for every conversation you ever needed? I can make the faces that Bill Cosby made. Uh, yes, and you can dance like him, too. Yes, I can. And you used I'm, to have sweaters oh, like him. Unfortunately, Bill Cosby has fallen from grace, so we'll, we'll move on from him. Okay, all right. so all right, so we learn how to fight from our parents, from our upbringing. And, and here's the deal. Just because your parents argued inappropriately doesn't mean, wait for it, wait for it. You have to reproduce their behavior. You know, I, I know that a lot of parents, certainly of um, of earlier generations in America, used to use the term, do as I say, not as I do. Unfortunately, that only worked for... None of us. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nobody. It didn't work for anybody. So just because your parents said, don't, hey, don't do what we're doing, we always reproduce. We always, we always said, boy, when I grow up, I don't want to do that bad behavior uh, produced by my parents. And that's, one, that's the one we usually reproduce. So in arguing, even if your parents learned to, or had argued inappropriately, you in Christ can learn how to argue appropriately. Well, and sometimes people have discernment, too, to, to 
stop the chain and to change the way that they argue or say, I don't want to be like that. Um, but we still learn from them, whether we're learning to reproduce their behavior or what we don't want to do. We're starting to sound so. like counselors. Oh, okay. So. We're not counselors. we got to stop. We're not having, we're not having <laughs> we're near much too fun. too deep. Let's talk about good fighting. All right, so what do, what do parents fight? What do couples fight about most often? Not parents. What, not, what, what do your parents fight about? What do couples fight about most often? And, 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 and it should go to note that because our parents listen to our show, we're not talking about what they fight about most often. We're talking about what we, we fight about you, most Mom often. And Dad. Yes, we do. And thank you for setting a great example for us. That's exactly right. On most days. That's right. On most uh, days, you set a great example for us. Okay, so um, what, what do couples fight about most often? Number, number one thing they fight about? Money. Money. Mm-hmm. And there's one way to solve that problem. Don't have any? Have, oh, no. have plenty. No, no, no. And it has nothing to do with don't have any or have plenty. It has to do with talking about it. It has to do with having a budget and living according to the budget. It has to do with this amazing concept. Wait for it. I got another wait for it today. Okay. We should have a sound for that, Ivan. Uh, spend less money than you make. Mm. And then you won't argue about money. So kind of having margin in your finances, just like we have margin in our time that we've been talking about over the last month or so. All right. So we're talking about, so that's okay. one thing to talk about. A lot of couples argue about sex. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. And then they argue about lots of other things. Children, discipline, discipline of children. Discipline is probably another hot topic, not seeing eye to eye on how to discipline or when to discipline or what the punishment should be or what the reward should be because I think it can go both ways. And all three of those number one, two, and three topics of people that, that husbands and wives argue about, they learned to argue about them because they grew up with a completely different perspective from mom and dad. A lot of moms and dads, you know, in the previous generations didn't share with their kids how to handle money well. Mm-hmm. They just assumed that they'd learn it somewhere, but they weren't going to teach them. And so they brought... Uh, not so great money skills into the marriage, or well, or one of or your complete opposites. Just right. as a one's as a spender and one's a saver. Yeah, I never heard that before. No, no. Nope. So okay. so praying that you can meet in some in a level of contentment too is a good thing. All right, the same thing. Uh, you know, in arguing about raising children mm-hmm. and, and how you're going to discipline them. I mean, we we just learn we learn from how we were raised. Mm-hmm. So, and I always mention I never got a spank and I didn't deserve. <laughs> and neither did you. That's right. You just got a lot less than me. Oh, yeah. Yes. How many times did you get spanked that you remember? One. Yeah, I remember a lot more than that, but I deserved them. Actually, Mom and Dad, just so you know, I know I'm almost 50, but I deserved more. <laughs> a lot more. Too bad. The statute of limitations. See, if you gone. lived here in Florida, you could actually maybe deliver some of those, but because you don't. <laughs> Sorry, statute of limitations has passed? Uh, I think so. Okay, good. All right, good to know. All right, so you know, when we, t- we talked on the cruise about this thing called men, when, they, when they're having a conversation with their wives, they want to they report. Yeah. But women, when they want to have a conversation with their husbands, wanna yeah. ha- want, to have, want to develop... Rapport. So it's rapport versus report. Rapport versus report. What's the difference? Well, I think when, okay, we use the very generic example of a husband coming home from work and saying, tell me your day. They don't want. Tell me about your day, honey. Yeah, They just want bullet points. We're looking for 30 words or less spoken in under 30 seconds. I did the laundry. I went to the dentist. I worked. Whatever. Ivan, do you ever have this conversation with your wife? Uh huh. Does she give you long answers or short answers? 
Uh, <laughs> Ivan's afraid women, to pick up the microphone. Women, okay. Women like to we, give all yes, the details. Yes, we do. We like the details, don't we? So the so men want the report. But I want some details. You do. You you do like some details. So you're a little bit unique in that. But you still on how, like it to be pretty straightforward. Well, but it depends on how much if I'm tired or not. If I'm less tired, then I want more of a report, and I can tolerate more of a report. Okay. <laughs> So, am, but women officially, I have just dug myself into a hole. And yes, we're talking about um, talking about the conflict with regard in, in respect to your marriage. However, this idea of conflict and the, the ways we're going to talk about how to resolve it and work through it, some ideas we're going to talk about in the second half of the show that applies anywhere: workplace, neighborhood relationships, family relationships, and your spouse, even your children. That's right. Even your children. Okay. So we were talking right before the show, right before the show, right before the commercial about rapport versus report. Mm-hmm. And and really, a woman wants to develop... Everything with women is about relationships and how things tie together. That's right. And everything with men is about divide and conquer <laughs> truly divide <laughs> all right so we're gonna it's time it, it is time honey it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you of course by Karis christian books and gifts Karis christian books and gifts have been part of the largo community this is it this is the, the this is the last week this. this is the last week yeah. in a good way it, it's right it's because not almost 30 years it's gonna be 30 years 30 next years. month located in the center of first Baptist church of indian rocks on Almerton road in largo there are 2400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week check them out online at shopcaris.com that's shop c-h-a-r-i-s dot com be the first person to call into the studio line today and we will send you a 15 dollars gift card to caris christian books and gifts that you can use to buy this book or another great item of your choice at caris christian books and gifts our book highlight today is the Good Fight, How Conflict Can Bring You Closer, written by Les and Leslie Par- Parrott. Mm-hmm. Why well, did I almost want to say Perrault? You want to say Perrault because that looks very French. But they're but it's not. It's from scary. Washington State. All right, let Canada. me give you a short explanation. The Fight That Can Save Your Marriage, drawing, drawing on extensive research, not to mention their years as marriage counselors, best-selling authors, Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott, uncover common misbeliefs about marital conflict. Let's face it, the fur flies for every couple, but only a few discover this secret. It's not how you fight. No, it's how you fight. <laughs> I was going to say, what is it then if it's, it's not how you fight? It's how you fight, not whether you fight. So you need to get a copy of this book called The Good Fight by Les and Leslie Parrott. And you need to call into the studio line to get one or to get the gift card in order to buy one. 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And if you've won something in the last month, don't call in now. Let somebody else have a chance. Remember, you got to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right. Now, Martha, had you ever, you know, we, we watched this on a video, and the line out of the, vi- the a video with Les and Leslie was this. Les is saying this to the crowd. Women, when your man wants to fix your problem, did you ever see it as the very best he can offer in love? When I want to fix your problems, did you see that it was the very best I could offer you? I had never, ever ever thought of it that way until I heard him say it. Now, I knew that I should give you the benefit of the doubt that you were trying to do something good, but I never thought about the fact that it was the best you had to offer me was to help me fix it. 
Because that's what we're designed to do. You are. Fix the problems. Divide and conquer. Provide and protect. And that's part of the providing part. Well, it's part, could protecting. Be, could be part of the protecting part. All right. Be. But that's why we learn from love and respect that when a wife is sharing a problem with her husband, she should clarify at the beginning of the problem sharing, before the story starts, I would like a solution to this or... You know, I'd like you just to listen and not give me a solution to this. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful. We, we promised some solutions. We talked about the problem. And the bottom line is, you know, what causes more conflict than not? Because if men have conflict, you know, when we were growing up as boys, if we had conflict, we just smacked each other. And if girls had conflict, they didn't use to smack each other. They just pout and, you know, and cry. And then they make up later. You know, now there's more of that throwdown on both sides of the deal. <laughs> but the bottom line is men and women are different. We get married. We marry different people. We do. And and so that drives some of the conflict because we see things differently. We use this example in uh, mentoring all the time. Women can use the same sentence and mean uh, that the man can use, and it means completely different things. Mm-hmm. For instance. Your favorite. My favorite line. I don't have anything to wear. I have nothing to wear. You have to say it right. I'm sorry. Say it. I have nothing to wear. And when Martha says that, it means she doesn't have anything she wants to wear. She doesn't have anything new to wear. She looks in her closet, and she doesn't like anything she sees. Now, if you say it. And if I say, I have nothing to wear, it means I'm going naked tonight because I have nothing to wear. Everything's dirty. It's, it's, I have nothing. I mean, it really means I have nothing to wear. <laughs> and, and that's pretty standard for men and women. We say the same things, but we mean things differently because we think very, very differently. So if you bring that understanding into conflict, you can resolve conflict way easier. All right. The first thing we want to talk about, reflect feeling. This is more one for guys to reflect the feeling of their wives, but actually... Well, I don't think so. I no? think it can go both ways, actually. I, okay. I really don't think that these are... They're not one way or the other. ...gender related. Okay. So um, what does it mean to you, reflect feeling? When you saw it, when you heard Les and Leslie talk about this in a book and on their videos, what, what did it mean to you? It meant to... Ask a question so, so that I could better under say, okay, it seems like you're angry, or it seems like you're... Upset. I'm not angry. Hmm. You are my feelings. Okay. So now I understand better. So it their example was to, to try to say to the spouse or to the person you're having the argument with what you think they're feeling so that they can tell you whether that's right or not. Because you may be way off base. So you're throwing a volley up there. You're just hoping, mm-hmm. you're, just, you're just saying, hey, I care. I, I mean, I get this right, but I'm trying. Yeah. But you seem frustrated, honey. I'm not frustrated. I am just overtired or whatever it might be. Oh, so, oh I thought you were going to get real for a minute no. there. No. No, no, we're not getting real. This is radio. It's entertainment, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> but the whole idea is to say, wow, honey, this seems to really have you frustrated. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not frustrated. I'm actually just angry. You know, or whatever it may be. Yeah. If you said that to me once, I would probably laugh because you would never say that. <laughs> and then you would know I was just practicing or something. Right. So No, but the whole idea behind reflecting feeling is just making sure that you really, um, it's like having them look in the mirror and say, you know, it seems like this is what, how you're feeling, but am I right? Or am I, because you don't want to be off base. You don't want to have an argument about something that's not really an argument. Right. But but we, we find a tendency in arguing. There's two different ways to approach arguing, and, and especially when it comes to addressing an issue with our spouse. There's a difference between criticism and contempt. And, and Les and Leslie talked about that a lot in their, in their material on The Good Fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the book we're highlighting today. And we've already given away the gift certificate, but you can still get a copy of this book. 
all anytime at Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Yep. All right. So they they said to be very careful to not deliver your words with contempt. If you're going to criticize, be careful. And what's the difference between criticism and contempt? And this is what I learned, and you can share what, what okay. you thought. Um, contempt is an attack on the person. Criticism is an attack on the behavior of the person. That's what I heard okay. when I looked at it. What did you get? Um, yeah, I, that... Uh, hmm. I have some notes here, and I can't remember what they, what all it was. I guess it didn't at this point in time, the ship was going up and down. There was fifteen uh, foot seas, and Martha can't read her writing. Boat sickness. No, um, I I think that it was probably just one of those things that maybe didn't strike me the same that it struck you. Well, what, I mean, to me as a man, contempt is something where you're attacking my character. Mm. One of those things that I would definitely feel. Um, disrespected on where criticism hey you could have done that better like you put the dishes away jim did you i've told you how many times that would be more i've told you how many times to put the bread dish underneath in the drawer underneath the oven it doesn't go with the pots and the pans that would feel contemptuous as opposed to thank you very much for putting the dishes away i really appreciate it Mm, could you put them away in the right spots that would be nice. Let me show you where the right spots are. And just for the you know, for the record, when I put away the dishes yesterday, I found the spot. I actually put away the Pampered Chef plastic pots and pans. I actually found it, and I put them away. I didn't put them in the pots and pans drawer. I actually put them in the Tupperware drawer. Way to go. I felt like that was a huge that accomplishment. That was huge. That was huge. And people need to understand, we live in a townhouse that if things aren't put right where they go, it's like a puzzle in our kitchen. It's funny how that and applies to the kitchen, but my tools, do my tools end up always back in the right place? Yes, sir. As long as you borrow yes. them. When our, <laughs> when our lovely daughter, Sarah Michelle, borrows tools, however, somehow they end up at the top of the stairs and I have to put them away. Well, that's at least that way they'll get put in the right place. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Now, this okay. list that you were taking from when you were talking about criticism and contempt, they were actually giving us things to steer clear of and being careful not to criticize as well as not to show contempt. Uh-oh. So, because that those are just things that um, cut to a core rather than the issue, maybe. So, I, I you know, but there's it, a difference. But there, there's a difference between criticism and contempt. So, yes. one's criti- criticizing my behavior, or one's being... One's attacking my behavior, one is attacking me. Sure. Okay. And they were also just saying um, to be careful about being defensive or saying things that would cause someone to get defensive. Like, where'd you put the keys? Versus, have you seen my keys? You know, there's a big difference between those two because you're assuming some responsibility there that may not need to be there. And then the the other one they talked about was not st- um, stonewalling. Was, and stonewalling means, you know... what. You know, really with Stone, I mean, it was it refers to Stonewall Jackson uh, to be Stonewall, but to, just to not, you're not going to budge. So if you are in an argument and you're not getting your way, so then all of a sudden you just, I mean, it just, you don't, you don't talk anymore. Yeah. And they use the example of throwing in the towel. Like, you know, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore. And you walk away. That's not helpful to any conversation. So you can't really have a good fight in those situations because you're not given the opportunity to even have conversation about it. So, And again, I think the bottom line with this conversation about good fighting is not that we want people to be in a state of fighting, but if you're going to well, we're have gonna a have, disagreement... But we're going to have conflict. Right. So if you're going to have a disagreement, making sure that you come to a healthy resolution. Well, and it's also important, and one of the things that I think is great, when you're not angry and you're not frustrated, is to actually communicate, hey, when I've really ticked you off, here's a good way to approach me. 
to, to say, and that works at work. That works in your relationships with your family or your spouse. Just let them know. Here's how the best way to approach me when I've screwed up. You know, I mean, let them know how the best way to do it, because you know the best way. You know, I, you know, Martha, not to you know criticize something after nine o'clock at night. I do because I just can't shut up. It just irritates me and just goes on. It's just a snowball effect, and it turns into a steamroller. Just stupid. <laughs> and all you got to do is go to bed and wake up two hours. Even two hours later, I could be better. I just need some sleep. All right, so let's talk about some some tools that they offered up. They offered up the conflict card, mm-hmm. which I thought was just fascinating, the conflict card. Why don't you describe it? Well, this was very creative because it, it was basically saying, you know, in a disagreement, take a moment to step back and, and rate the disagreement that how you're important having. your position how is. important my position is in this disagreement and it's important that this conflict card can be gotten online it's a, there's a pdf of this online and it's called the conflict card and it's related to the good fight and you can get this conflict card for free online and it's rated number one through ten yeah and it's not really anything you end up having to carry around with you it's just a good visual or to think about as a tool um saying Number one in this conflict, it's my side of the disagreement is I'm not enthusiastic. It's really not a big deal to me. Like, I really almost could care less. So, like, we're, we're talking about painting the garage. Yes, we are. We're talking about the... <laughs> you guys should have seen her eyes. We have two very fantastic children who have just moved out of our home. Actually, we have one that just... They just graduated from college. But when they were in high school, we created a, a meeting room for them and their friends that wasn't in the same space as our meeting room. And we painted it our youngest daughter's uh, favorite color, bright, stinking green. Yes. And it's, it makes lime green beg for mercy. Let's just put it that way. And and so we're ready to paint in another color. Yeah, because, you know, you can repaint a freshly painted wall. you got to wait a little while. <laughs> and, and, and we had to paint it. We have friends, good, good friends of ours, Todd and Michelle, help us paint three coats on there in order to get this bright green to work. And, and But we started arguing about this, and it's really important to me that it gets painted. And Martha, it's, so for me, it's like a, it's not a 10, but it's a 5 or a 6. I really want to get it done. I'm sick and tired of green. I love you, Sarah, Michelle, but I'm tired of the green. And Martha, she doesn't care. She's like, I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah, it's just not a priority for me right now. Right. So I'm thinking it's a five or a six, and it's really not been a conflict. I We both agree we're no. going to paint it. No. But it's just that's just but an it's example. A, a good example. All right. So the conflict card can be used. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we just, I mean, so a one is it's something that's really not a big deal to me. Um, a five might be I don't agree, and I cannot remain silent on this issue. And number 10 would be like over my dead body. So taking... Whatever the situation is, whatever the conversation is that you're having, and personally rating where you stand on it, so you know whether it's really worth, you know, fighting over. So that would be like, honey, can we paint the garage red? Hmm. Yeah, no. Is that a 10? That'd probably be at least a 9. <laughs> I don't want to paint red anyway. Just I trying know. to be ornery. Okay, so the conflict card, rating your rating your position in the argument from 1 to 10. If you're a 1 and your spouse is a 10, back off. Don't be stupid. I mean, you're not going to win that one, and you find some way to compromise, and that's really what we're talking about doing. All right, but the next one was really went back to that reflecting feeling thing. You know, and, and guys, you really, that's the biggest thing that has helped us in our marriage is understanding that guys have feelings. And we need to be able to communicate those feelings. And a lot of us men were not taught how to communicate our feelings effectively, appropriately, or 
intimately. And so we need to be able to say, because that's when, when Martha, when we finally went through love and respect several years ago, almost 10 years ago, I realized that one of the times I felt disrespected, and those of you that have heard my wife now on the radio for the last two years, realized my wife's not disrespectful. But sometimes she'd say something, and it would spur up this feeling in me. And, and after we went to love and respect, and I realized, oh, I was feeling disrespected. And so in situation X, when you question me in front of people, excuse me, and when we're out with couples... And you question me in front of those peoples, I feel disrespected. So that in situation X, when you do Y, I feel Z. Mm-hmm. Being able to communicate that feeling was really important. It's really solved a lot of arguments. Yes, because then I see it clearly. I mean, that just makes sense. It's not about an emotional thing. It's about not whatever. It's just you saying, you know, when we're in this situation and this happens, it makes me feel this way. Well, and turn it around. For you, what I've learned about you is that when um, anytime, you know, in any situation where I am critical of you, you feel hurt. Hmm. Now, that's not even. There are just certain things where I I do them, and you, even though I didn't mean it to be critical, you take it as critical. Give me okay. a better example. In situation X, when you do Y, it makes you feel Z. I don't know. I hadn't put in put my feet into. You have to the put situation. your feet in. We're running out of time. Put your feet in. Oh, okay. Well, it was saying one of the other examples that they give used an example was, from your own life. Go on. This is real life. Because you always do that point to your heart thing because I hurt your feelings. Hmm. I'll have to think about what that is and come back after the break. <laughs> so let's go to the break. In situation X, when you do Y, I feel Z. And I gave Martha the example of when we're in a group of couples and she questions my position on something. Most of the time, it's just me stating some historical fact, and usually I'm right. But when she questions me, I feel disrespected, even though she never, ever means to be disrespected. But I am able to communicate that to her. But Martha, you had a great example. Yeah, of- um of, of another situation. When we're riding in the car. When you're riding in the car. When you and I are riding in the car. When we're riding in the car and you start to flip through the radio stations without asking me what I think, then it just makes me feel unimportant. What? You're just quiet. You're just looking at me. Are you thinking about that? I tend to like talk radio. Hmm. Imagine that. And I... Martha likes to listen to Christian music. Now, I have nothing against Christian music. I listen to plenty of Christian music. But if you listen to music in the car when we're together, I can't, we can't talk because I can't hear because I like to play aloud. Okay, so, but if we have if talk, need to talk radio, we're not you're talking, not talking either because you're listening to the person. But most so. of the time when we're in the car together, I shut it off. Sure, but this is just an example, honey. This isn't. <laughs> I think it was more when we lived in Minnesota and you listened to that Christian station up there and I didn't really appreciate the music so much. And so I would often switch it to no, my favorite talk radio it's station. It's just an example, honestly. But the, the whole so you, idea. You don't really feel this way? No. You do feel this way? You it don't? It doesn't really happen. Oh. The point is that it's I'm taking so an example. All right, let's move on then to this last example. This last one was a really good one. Sharing withholds. Mm-hmm. Now, they gave an example in the video for the good fight by Les and Leslie Parrott. That, you know, a lot of times we think nice things about our spouses, but we don't say them. We tend to say the negative things. Those things come out the most easiest. And, but we've got this thing called withholds, negative and positive withholds. And so they talked about doing a sandwich method where, hey, you've got something negative to say that you 
haven't said and so but to sandwich it with a positive withhold on either side so honey the other day when we got ready for church i just that outfit wow it just looked dynamite on you and the other night though when you brought home your lunch dishes you just threw them in the sink just expecting somebody else to do them but when you did the laundry the other day that was so nice just having clean underwear again thank you i got tired (laughs) of turning them inside out you know that's an example of sharing positive withholds and a negative withhold something that you needed to share that you hadn't shared but it was on your heart and it was bothering you this is to eliminate those situations where you're having an argument and all of a sudden history comes out in detail yes and it's often at that time when it's very unexpected so then, do you remember that time 10 years yeah. ago? <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to avoid that. So they were just trying to give a technique that helps you to maybe get off of your chest something that was bothering you, but also to share those positive things that you also withheld. Because we tend to um, forget to compliment and forget to say the good things. And not just about how we look or something like that, but how you helped or what something great that you did or wow i saw you in that meeting and you really presented that situation really well all right so all of this information yes we talked about in length at length on our marriage retreat cruise which we've got another one coming up in 2016 and we're working on one date right now and potentially another date but for now just one cruise your way to a better marriage in 2016 so if you liked this topic and you want to get away with your spouse to actually talk about things stay tuned all right, Martha, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. It's but conflict, it is hard to believe. But, you know, one of the things we've learned about conflict is that as we've been married more and more years, we're better at it. <laughs> but we're good. We're better we're at working progress. through it. Yeah, we're making progress. <laughs> I'd like to congratulate you on get, making all that progress. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, listen, we're looking for people to join the I Work For Him Nation. A thousand people in Tampa Bay to take the I Work For Him Challenge. A challenge to look at your workplace like your mission field. I'm looking for you to sign up on the I Work For Him website for our, at least our newsletter, maybe even for our podcast announcements. But I'm looking for you to sign up and say, I am willing to step up in my workplace and recognize the fact that I may be the only Jesus my coworkers and employees may ever meet. I'm looking for a thousand people to start praying for their coworkers and employees just by name every day and allow the Lord to prompt you how to pray for them. Start looking for ways to reach outside of those employees outside of work. Those coworkers outside of work, because you have to have a relationship with them in order to introduce Jesus to them. I'm looking for a thousand people to start looking for ways to serve those people in their workplace. Stop looking at your workplace as what's in it for me and start looking at what's in it for Jesus. How can I make an impact on the kingdom here? I'm looking for a thousand people to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position in your workplace. You should be the best employee. If there's 10 people who do your job at work, you should be the best one because you're a Christ follower. I'm looking for a thousand people to live a consistent witness at home and your neighborhood and in your office and to recognize that you are a Christ follower no matter where you are. Please email me. Contact me on Facebook. Email me jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.